The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday, June 24th, and today, Jack, we are dissecting someone else's top 100 prospect list. We're talking MLB Pipeline's top 100 prospect list from a month ago. A bunch of people were asking us to kind of give our thoughts, run through it, break it down. I really enjoyed the list, but obviously, just like I want people to dissect our list and tell us where they disagree, we're going to do a little bit of that here, but a lot of fun just to talk about where they peg certain players and just kind of creates a natural dialogue of what we think about so many of these guys. Jack, you had a nitrogen ice cream today. I think that's eyewash. Uh, can you explain why nitrogen ice cream is better than regular ice cream? Yeah. Hey, Aram, good to see you too. Excited to dive into the top prospects in uh, all of Major League Baseball on both the pipeline side and the just baseball side. Should we just get right into it? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, nitrogen ice cream, I, I hadn't tried it yet. There's a great Midwest delicacy called Killwinds, and Killwinds is like that's a not a Midwest. Spot. I've, that, we have that in South Florida. Do you actually? Yeah, I love right, that you just attributed that to Midwest. Uh, so my family, we went to Vancouver. Uh, we love Vancouver. I think I was like 15 or 16. We went to Vancouver as a unit for a week just just to hang out, and our Airbnb host was showing us around um, the apartment complex and said, "There's a nice sandwich shop down the road if you want something. It's called Subway." Oh. <laughs> um, it's like, oh my God. So, all right. Good to note. Killwinds. Like I'm a, I'm a fan of Killwinds, but I was thinking, you know what? Let's try the bougie place. That's probably $3 more. It's called sub zero and it's nitrogen ice cream. You can choose your, your milk base. So like you could go almond milk, you could go, um, you know, vegan, you could go regular ass milk. I went low fat. So I felt like a healthy boy, by the way, mix in some peanut butter cups. So then just fully undoing that. Yeah, um, but I walked it off. I walked and ate it. So we're, we're so they just, just freeze it with nitrogen and it makes it different. It's the same thing. It's just it, ice cream. It looks pretty sick. It, it looks cool. cool. It's a little bit of a show, right? It's like Benihana. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Benihana for ice cream. Yeah. Well, and that's what it, it's all about the show. Um, And that's what kind of reels people in. And I think that some players, this is a very forced transition. Some players on this list are still on here because of the show. And I'm going to get into that in terms of just 
what meets the eye. Uh, and I think there's some things that uh, are romanticized by MLB pipeline at times. And I think every, every list has their own kind of, I would say tendencies, right? And I'm sure if someone picked apart our list, uh, we have some sort of tendencies as well. I would argue that MLB pipelines is that they put a lot of stock, which is fair into international free agent bonuses and draft status. And, and I'll assert that by, you know, one, uh, I think recently drafted players being pegged very high before we even see them and then having staying power a la JJ Blade at where is he? He's he's in the 60, right? He's at 59. JJ Blade is at 59th. And Fangraphs just put out their top prospect list for the Marlins, and JJ Blade was was uh 16th on the Marlins on the Marlins Marlins system alone. 59th in all of baseball by MLB pipeline. Fangraphs has him at 16th in the Marlins system. I think he's somewhere between those two spots. But the point being, Blade was a you know high profile, early first round pick, popular name, big time college guy. And we're seeing MLB pipeline not really uh, showing any willingness to, to go off of him and, and kind of steer the other way. So we'll, we'll get into those guys and stuff like that because I want to kind of see where we can poke those or, or continue to identify those trends through this top 100 list, especially towards we get to while we get towards the back end. Uh, but I want to obviously start at the top and uh, you're splitting hairs when we talk about guys at the top, Jack, right? Like I'm not going to say whether Adley or Riley green or Grayson Rodriguez or Moreno should be ranked wherever. Like, I think you can interchange any of those guys and they're all great at the top, but is there anything that sticks out to you in the top 10? Because there are two players that stick out to me in the top 10 that kind of start a larger conversation and a larger dialogue that I'm interested to get into with you. Yeah, I, I think one of them has to be Noel V. Marte, mm-hmm. right? Marte at nine and Marcelo Meyer at 10. I'm sure mm-hmm. those are the two that you're talking about here. Those are my two. Um, because let's just run through one through eight here. Adley Rutschman, we agree. Riley Green, we agree. G-Rod, yes. Moreno, yes. Volpe, yes. Like, although he's having a downtick right now, it's he's okay. He's eating up already again. He's eating up. There we go. C.J. Abrams, the tools are off the charts. Francisco Alvarez, it, we'll see what happens at the midseason update. Yeah. Um, I mean, wink, wink. Marco Luciano, very talented at baseball. And then and you've heating got up Noel big v- time too. Heating up big time. And then you've got Noel V. Marte and Marcelo Meyer at 9-10. You have to scroll past 20 to find Noel V. Marte and Marcelo Meyer in ours. Yes. And, and I'm glad that it's really funny because we didn't even, we said like, we're just going to go into this and have a conversation. And uh, you and I haven't really talked about Meyer or Marte because I love them both. Like they're great prospects. Yeah. Uh, but my problem, and I'm not going to split hairs about 10 ranking spots, generally speaking. But when you're this high on the list, the 10 guys that are behind them is what really accentuates the point, right? And and that's what's pretty wild to me is Noel V. Marte has struggled a bit this year. And I like Marte, but I've always felt like I'm a little bit lower. And it's weird to say lower because we have him in the, in the top 30 of all of baseball still. But I've always felt a little bit lower on him than the industry. And I don't think he's ever really set the world on fire. Like I think he's been really solid. He's shown some ridiculous exit velos and insane plus plus raw power potential that, that gets you really excited about him. But there's questions as to whether he's going to stick it short. And we haven't really seen that consistent bat to ball. And so far this year in high a hitting just 232, 322, 359. Uh, yes, he's young. He's still just 20 years old. He'll be 21 by the end of the season. But I just don't know. I mean, like how many guys behind him before we get to the Marcelo Meyer point, how many guys behind him would you put ahead of him? Uh, I could tell you right now off the cuff, like Corbin Carroll, has got to be ahead of, of yeah. Marcelo Meyer. Or, well, Casas has Noel to be ahead of Marte. Yeah, Casas yeah. has to be ahead of Noel V. Marte as well. 
Um, you, you know, there O'Neal some Cruz, other- but even a month ago, would you have said that about O'Neill Cruz? That's the thing is we have to be, be very clear here that a month ago might've been a little bit different, but I, I still would have probably had O'Neill Cruz ahead of him. Cause we know that yeah. it was more of, more of just the, the focus and adjustment thing for him. We've, we're seeing it at the big league level. He's locked in, he's energetic, and he looks like the guy we always expected him to be. And and proximity, too. You know, like O'Neill Cruz should get some points for being around for longer than Noel V. Marte. That's how we look at it. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, was in AAA baseball when he probably shouldn't have been in AAA baseball. He should be a major league baseball player at this time. So you get some prospect points, whether you like it or not, based on proximity. And O'Neill Cruz should be getting proximity points. A hundred percent. And so I think Marte was an interesting, uh, interesting ranking there at nine. And even a month ago, I thought it was surprising. He's continued to struggle a little bit. I still think he's going to be a very exciting and interesting prospect, but there's yeah. a lot of guys I'm sticking ahead of him. Looking at Marcelo Meyer. I love Marcelo Meyer. Like I, I think he's going to be a great player and he's really well-rounded and he's done nothing but solidify that he is the guy we thought he could be um, and will be so far since being drafted. That being said, the discrepancy between Meyer and Lawler is what's really interesting to me because we have them back to back, but Lawler ahead of Meyer. And there's a pretty big gap here, Jack, between Meyer and Lawler, relatively speaking. Meyer at 10, Lawler at 18, which, you know, in, in the grand scheme, isn't that much. But with the amount of high level players in between, I think it's somewhat surprising. And let me just take you through the numbers between these two guys. And the reason why I always liked Waller a little bit more was the athleticism and, and the raw power and the defensive yeah. ability at shortstop. Whereas, as we talked about with Jeff Ponce, when he came on from Baseball America, there's a little bit of question as to, as to how Meyer projects at shortstop and also, you know, how much power is in the tank. So far, both of them have played at roughly 30-something games in low A. Marcelo Meyer, 273, 358, 469, 11.5% walk rate, 28% K rate, four homers, eight stolen bases. Great start for a high school guy in, in full season ball. Absolutely great. Jordan Waller, 359, 468, 625, 14% walk rate, 24% K rate, seven home runs, 19 stolen bases. And I, I did the dig defensively. He he looks phenomenal. His arm is insane. He's got crazy range. I think he projects as, as a plus defender. I, I, not even leaning into the results through 34 games of low A ball, Jack. I mean, is is it feasible, really? Can you really identify with with ranking Mark Marcelo Meyer ahead of of Jordan Lawler? No, I can't. Um, and when you when you rip off the slash line for each of them, you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's early. It's it's early. And think about where the low A affiliates are: Salem, Virginia. It's hot. It's muggy. Visalia, California. This is Northern California. The ball will fly a little bit more. West Coast baseball at the minor league level plays different than East Coast baseball at the minor league level. So, you know, you have to account for park factor. Um, and, you know, you can kind of do that with WRC plus. You get WRC plus at the minor league level, but it's not it's, it's, not, it's the not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. So um, now, now, having said that, I think if you put them in a control climate, I think if you put them in the same climate, Lawler is still having a better year yeah. and I'm with you. Lawler's more athletic. Lawler is probably a better defender at this point. He's a, he's a better runner. Um, he's just gotten more in the toolbox than Meyer, but the hit tool for Meyer is better than Lawler. I, I think these two are going to be attached to the hip for the next 15 years. It's yeah. luck in RG three, right? It's, it's the high school shortstops that went one after the other. It's, it's the college quarterbacks that went one after the other. These guys are always going to be attached to the hip. Trubisky is going to be attached to Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and, and all these guys for a long time. So like 
you you have to look at these two together. Um, and, and I think that Pipeline did a weird thing separating them by as much as they did. Yeah, because we, we put them in tandem uh, and with with Lawler just ahead. But I thought it was it was surprising uh, to, to see, like you said, the, the gap between there. And you bring up a really important point because, yeah, I, the hitting environment is is very, very important. And even if you take away the home runs to a degree and say, let's say they both had four homers. Let's say they had almost similar slash lines. The biggest question for Lawler was, was you know, how is the hit tool going to translate? I always thought the swing was pretty simple given, you know, the explosiveness that he has and the athleticism. And that's the big thing for me is forget the park factor, put him in a neutral environment. The fact that Lawler is hitting 360, no matter where it is, I don't care if it's on the moon, his bats of ball skills are much further along, I think, than a lot of people thought. And we know that the tools are off the charts. So if his hit tool is further along, how is this guy not a little bit higher up there? I think we're going to see Lawler continue to climb. And, and I'm just, I'm a big fan of everything I've seen from him uh, so far this year. So that was one thing that stuck out to me. We're nitpicking, we're having fun with it, but I would definitely have Lawler ahead and, and at least just not have a big gap between them. Eight player gap between them is kind of the surprising point. Yeah. You say you're having fun, but you're not smiling. So are you having fun? I'm having fun. There you go. Usually There's if I'm the, smiling, I'm not the pearly whites. Fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm not having fun. Usually I'm faking it. Um, gotcha. Khalil Watson at 20, even yeah. a month ago, yeah. a month ago, would you have thought Khalil Watson at 20 was too high or would you have said, Oh, it's, it's too early to really put a lot of stock in his struggles. Um, 20 is really high. It is very high. It's really high. I think even last month I would have said this is really high and Oh, wouldn't you know, he's been one of the worst hitters in minor league baseball for the last 30 days. And also is, is Jordan Lawler, uh, should he be in tandem with Khalil Watson? Is Jordan Lawler, Henry Davis, Khalil Watson, back to back to back. Oh. Also reinforcing the drafty thing. They, proximity doesn't seem to matter as much for MLB pipeline. It's almost, I, I almost think they have the back, like a, like a backwards mentality with it, which is they haven't showed us that they have limitations yet. So we're going to put them up, which I can understand that, that logic to a degree, right? Like we haven't seen what Jordan Lawler's limitations are yet. Cause he hasn't struggled at any level yet. And each of these guys will have some sort of limitation as they climb up, usually speaking, but I, I would rather side on the proximity uh, angle and, realistically none of these guys are really close uh Khalil Watson at 20 Lawler at 18 I think there's a long ways apart between these two guys and I don't think they should be that close I still think Watson could be a star but he's striking out 40 percent of the time right now in low a yeah Khalil Watson in the month of May 23 games he had a buck 72 with a 272 or with a 222 not 272 he had a buck 72 with a 222 OBP and had 41 punch outs in 99 plate appearances that's oh. north of 40%. I mean, y- you can't have a worse month as a shortstop than what Khalil Watson put up in May. And he's been better in June. He's sitting 250 in 13 games. He's got a 670 OPS, but he had an OPS that are 450, under 450 in the month of May. And for those who might be wondering what's going on, he's swinging at everything, 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 and swinging as hard as he can. If you watch the video, it is insane. <laughs> he swings out of his shoes 0-2. He swings out of his shoes 2-0, expands Why? the zone. I don't know, man. It, it, it's almost like he just doesn't really have much of a plan up there, and he just wants to hit it as far as he can. And it's it's one of the more wild things I've seen because there is no willingness to to adjust the approach. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that's something that scouts saw. Uh, against better competition going into the draft. And one of the reasons why he fell, but it, it is concerning because we know the bat it's some of the most elite bat speed I've seen in person uh, in terms of what we can see from him and with the quickness and the whippiness of the barrel. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, Khalil Watson ahead of, how could you have him ahead of Jordan Walker at 24? Uh, you can. I just don't think you can. Because talk about midseason update. Jordan Walker, I'll spoiler alert this one. I'm almost positive he's going to be top 10 for us. Oh, he has to be. How old do you think Jordan Walker is before you pull up his fan graphs? Uh, he's either 19 or a young 20. 20 years old a month ago. Yeah. And this guy in double A, in double freaking A this whole season, 309, 402, 502 slash line, seven pumps, 14 stolen bases, 21% K rate. This is a guy that was 19 for a portion of this season so far in double A with off the charts raw power. He's 6'5, 220, and now showing even solid speed as well. How is this guy not a consensus top 15 prospect? I get the defensive questions. Is he going to stay at third? He has a mega arm and he's actually quick. I think he could play corner outfield if you really wanted him to. Why is this guy not top 15? I'm really hoping to see him in Memphis at some point this year. That's I, I am. You think he's going to be 20 in AAA? I think so. I mean, it, he's pretty comfortable in double at 402 on base. At what point, you know, is it just, hey, let's bump him up? I think you play the almost the whole season and then give him a small taste at the end of the year, kind of similar to O'Neill last year. Think about what happened um, last year for Jordan Walker. It was his professional debut, played in 27 games in low A, and they it said, oh, my boring. God, you're too good for this. Yeah. He hit 374 with an 1162 OPS. That is like, that's road to the show, beginner mode. Yeah. Here's Jordan Walker, like, let's go. Um, he gets up to Peoria. He still hit 290 with an 831 OPS. So far, a 900 OPS in double. I mean, if you think he can help you, if you think he can break camp next year, give him that taste of triple this year. You don't have to have him start in triple next year. Um, I, I think he's that kind of guy. I do. And, and you look at the seven homers in 58 games, like the power numbers are there. He's slugging 502. He's 14 for 17 on the bases. Yeah, that's this is double A, right? Like we always take the the so, rules aside because that was in low and high. In low and high A, we take the stolen base numbers with a grain of salt. Not double and triple. Double and no. triple, like those are bags. Those are real. Those are bags. Even if you want to take it down 20, 30 percent. Like if Jordan Walker's taking 10 to 15 bags at the big league level, that's again a testament to his athleticism. Like that's a guy that I like. Could he not play corner outfield then? He's got yeah, a absolutely. plus plus arm. Why not? He can absolutely play corner outfield. He's already putting up. I mean, he's put up, I think, a handful of 109 mile per hour exit velos. He's topped out at 115. <laughs> like a handful of 112s, 113s. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, off the charts power. And now the bat to ball gets better. He was striking out 27% of the time last year in high A. Now striking out 21.6% of the time in double A. So strikeout rate drops, power remains consistent, and we're seeing everything else kind of continue as is. That's the top 15 prospect in baseball. It has to be. I, this is a top 10 prospect in baseball. And meanwhile, Brett Beatty, Khalil Watson, Nick Gonzalez. I love Brennan Davis, but he's ahead of him. Like, there's a lot of names ahead of him. I wouldn't even have Noelvi Marte ahead of him. I wouldn't. Um, something that I have paid attention to is how they stack the Pirates prospects. Check yeah, that that out. is weird. I don't know what's up with that. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. And like, you know, obviously you want, you want to cite, you know, a, a certain sites prospect ranking. So naturally when I'm calling an Indians game, I say, uh, 
you know, top prospect in, in some, uh, you know, circles like just baseball or like baseball America or fan graphs pipelines weird because they've got Nick Gonzalez at the top spot, who, by the way, just got put on the 60 day Sucks. with, I'm, uh, I'm with really, a heel I, issue. I, I, it kills me because he, he has just not been able to, to really show what he can do. He's been hurt every year. I don't understand how day to day with heel discomfort turns into a 60 day IL stint. Must have been a, a worse foot. You know how there's some weird stress issues. For, I have no idea. I'm, I'm just I, like, there's some weird stuff with feet, million little bones, who knows, but it sucks. But continue with your point. No, it sucks. But like, even with the update, it went Nick Gonzalez, Henry Davis, O'Neill Cruz, Leover Piguero, right? All guys we love, and yes, you're correct. no Priester, no Quinn Priester, Priester. Thank then God Piguero, we haven't gotten Rolando. there yet because I'm about to tee off there. Um, yeah, and I, I love Quinn Priester. Like I love the interviews he's done. He seems like an awesome guy. But anyway, what, what, what's your point there? No, I mean the top five here is Nikki G, uh, Henry Davis, O'Neill, Priester, Piguero, Rowanzi Contreras. Like I, I feel like that stacking is very off. It is. Them. It is. I I totally agree. And. and now I see what you're getting at. Cause when you're, when you're doing the game and you're trying to give context to your, you know, your viewers or listeners as to, you know, who these prospects are, obviously we're, we're, you're going to cite the, the expert rankings. And this is a weird one because I would feel very uncomfortable saying that Quinn Priester is the number three prospect or number four prospect in the pirate system, knowing that Leover Paguero is there and knowing that some of these other guys are there, Roanti Contreras, how could how could I say, oh, yeah, you're going to get um, the better prospects by the rankings, Quinn Priester pitching on Tuesday, and then the lesser prospects, Rowanzi Contreras pitching on Wednesday. Like, I would almost feel like I'm lying to my audience based on that. And I know that most of the broadcasters are going off MLB Pipeline. And again, not trying to tee off on Pipeline. It's just the pirate system is unique. And I, I just think that's the one system where I disagree almost the most strongly with how they stack those guys up. I totally agree. I would put O'Neill yeah. ahead of everybody. Yes, I, I would put O'Neill ahead of everybody. Nick Gonzalez is a unique situation because even a month ago, I, I was still buying that he could be good. And, and now we have the injuries. I still think he could be good. Oh, I'm not yeah. going to nitpick that one. But I mean, Quinn Priester, man, at what point are we going to say like the ship has sailed a little bit on him being this lights out uh, ace type of guy that he keeps being ranked as? I think he could be a big league starter, high end makeup, you know, a lot of things to like about who he is as a pitcher. But this guy's battled injuries and, again, has continued to show that he doesn't really have a plus pitch outside of the curveball. And the yeah. fastball is flat, straight as an arrow. Why is this guy still being ranked high? I will say he had a good outing off the rehab assignment with AA Altoona. So we'll see what this looks like. But sorry to get you sidetracked on that. I mean, yeah, I was just curious, like, why is it stacked the way it is? But we can get to that 50-ish range where Priester is a little bit later on. Um, you know, I, I see a guy who, like, were they hoping that Priester turned into what Max Meyer has been? I know Meyer was dealing with a, a bit of an injury here, but 26 for Meyer, he sandwiched between uh, you went Jordan Walker. Then you go Nolan Gorman immediately after, which is very interesting. And then you go Meyer, Zach Veen and Robert Hassel. So I, I find it very interesting that the arm is between those guys who I know that Walker, Veen and Hassel are three of our favorites personally. Yeah. I mean, those guys are all in a great spot. I mean, I would even have them a little bit earlier, but you know, a month ago, Hassel was still early in what he's doing. I think starting to struggle a little bit and then got back he's out of struggling it. a little bit. Yeah. He, now he also had COVID. Yeah. He had COVID. Yeah. I mean, you don't know how that's going to impact certain players. And uh, I mean, Veen is, is 
we know how gifted that guy is. I right? love I think Veen's my guy. I think Veen is my prospect moving forward. Now that Alec Thomas has graduated, I think it's Veen. Not Hassel? I mean, Hassel, obviously Hassel was great on the call-up. I think Veen and Hassel might be my two guys. I, I love it. I love it. And, and I'm, I'm a big fan of both of those guys, both guys that, you know, we have very high up there too. But, but my question here on, on these two players is, are they too low by the time we get to our midseason update? Because I think we're going to update these guys. That's like, where do you stack Veen and Hassel? Do, do you think you can't go wrong on either? I, I, I could go either way. I lean Robert Hassel because he's safer. So you've got Hassel at 24 and Veen at 38 in, yeah. the, in the preseason rankings. That'll obviously change, and I think they'll, they'll be tighter bunched together. But I would, we're still going to have Hassel ahead of them. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, I, I think that Veen should be higher now. Um, and it's tough because, like, you know, we're looking at guys, and granted, a lot of these guys are going to graduate, but Veen, where do you think Veen is? Do you think he's a top 20 prospect? It's close. If he was showing a little bit more bat to ball, you know, I'd have him there. Um, but I mean, he's still been able to keep the, the strikeout rate in check. He's walking more. Um, the speed is legit. I mean, it's uh, so good. I know it's high a bags, but like I, I watch this guy run. He's a gazelle, uh, yeah. long strides. He's six, four. He can fill out more. I think there could be top end power. So the present production, like he's still been good with the upside. Yeah, with with I would say he's either right on the brink or within it, depending on one or two graduations. So he'll be top 25 without a doubt in my mind. There we go. One question for you, because this is a guy that I've always been lower on. And and we've talked about it because we've done on the just baseball show, like mock trades, stuff like that. And talking about Orelvis Martinez as a centerpiece of a deal. Um, and I was like, eh, I don't know if that's enough, but you're like, dude, I know you don't like Orelvis, but he's still a top 50 prospect, basically consensus in all of baseball. I don't love the approach. I think he's extremely pull happy. I, I think he rolls over a lot. He has defensive questions. You're betting a lot on just the raw power. We have him at 71. And I can tell you without a doubt, we are lo the lowest in the entire industry on Orelvis. Oh, yeah. Orelvis is ranked 29th here ahead of Jackson Job, Yuri Perez, Nick Lodolo, Josh Young, and George Valera am I, am I too extreme on 71 and is he somewhere in between pipeline and us, or do you kind of agree with our ranking of, of him at 71? I think he's probably somewhere in between. I think he might be like high fifties. I don't think he's 71. Um, and I don't want to say, I don't think he's 71 bad because the 71st best prospect in major it's league great. baseball it's is still an incredible baseball player. I think that there's a shit ton of power here for Aureldis Martinez. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's why I side with being a little bit higher. Now, I think that the other tools are being sought or are being thought to be uh, a little bit better than I think we think they are by other outlets. Like I think Pipeline thinks that Aureldis Martinez's 50 grade hit tool yeah, is no actually chance. a 50. I don't think that's a 50. I also don't think he's a 60 arm guy. Um, I know he's got a fine arm, but it's not 60. That's the thing. So like, I, I do think that the stuff that some of those tools tick down a little bit, but I think the power is a true 60 with a chance for more. I, I will say this, the defense has gotten better this year. Um, and, and that is a huge development, but what I hate is, is hate's a strong word. What, I, what really rubs me the wrong way with his swing is just 
how pole centric it is. He's pulling the ball 54% of the time. It put me off last year when he was pulling the ball 61% of the time. You're not going to find a successful major league baseball player pulling the ball 60% of the time. It's just impossible. Um, And, and it's, it's kind of getting exposed a bit more with breaking balls so far this year. And he's hitting 202 Jack or 209, excuse me, 282 on base 469 slugging. We know the power's there. He's got 15 pumps already this year, but he's walking 7% of the time, punching out 30% of the time. So He's polarizing without a doubt. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those guys that you're going to kind of see all over the map in the rankings. Um, flying through the, the 30 to 40 range, because I think there's I, I really like where they have a lot of these guys pegged. George Valera at 39, I think, is a sweet spot for him. He's a name yeah. to watch to keep rising. But given a month ago, it was right before he really got on this hot streak. I think that's a little bit higher than we've seen him in other rankings. So I love that they were higher on George Valera. I'm, I'm here for that. Luis Camposano at 36 is higher than a lot of others have him. I still believe in Camposano. I don't really know why the Padres continue to, you know, be wishy-washy with him because he continues to rake in AAA, but, you know, there might be more than meets the eye there. Looking at Lodolo and Libertor stacked, I think is super funny. Um, before we get into the back 50, I think Lodolo has just endless more upside. Um, but what do you think of that stacking 32 and 33? I'll have more information for you after this weekend because tomorrow night I'm going to go watch uh, Libby throw against Mike Burroughs. Ooh. Okay. Which is going to be good. I'm very excited for that one. So Libby on a, on a Saturday night in downtown Indy. So sign me up for that. I, I just think Lodolo's stuff is um, a little bit more foolproof. I, I think that Lodolo can survive not having his best stuff a lot better than Liberator can survive not having his best stuff. Absolutely. Totally agree with that because He's got to he's got to nitpick a little bit more. Whereas, you know, if it's not working secondary wise for, uh, you know, for uh, excuse me, it's not working secondary wise for Lodolo, he can just go heavy fastball down in the zone and get ground balls and yeah. contact and yeah. survive. Um, and I think that's really uh, what stands out to me with him. He's just safer, even in Cincinnati. Safer. He's there. got. He's got contingency plans. I don't yes. think Libby has contingency he plans. He doesn't. He's got to really hit his spots. Uh, Shane Langlier's at 38. I love him in that spot. Yes, he's yeah. older. He's going to be 25, but he continues to mash in AAA. He's a great defender. That's he's a an good amazing spot. defender. Given, given the proximity and what we're seeing offensively, beautiful spot for him. I, I, I like him in the top 40 there. Gunnar Henderson's a name that I think will rapidly be rising, and probably he'll be top 25 for us. Um, 43 here, but that was a month ago. I think that's fine because he was, he was a rapid riser um, and a guy that, you know, I'm not going to nitpick for, from, from a month ago. So uh, I just met up with Taylor Davis, who has uh, been in a whole bunch of different organizations. He was the Cubs organization for a while, made his major league debut with the Cubs. Uh, he's been up with several teams and uh, he was in Norfolk. He was at the alternate side for Baltimore in 2020. And then he was in Norfolk in 2021. So he got to see a very, very young Gunnar Henderson at the alternate site in 2020. And awesome. I asked him about Gunnar and Taylor Davis will be on, on the Just Baseball show very soon. So we can you know, talk to him about all these Orioles guys and all these Pirates guys. But I asked him about Gunnar and he was like, dude, I love him. He, he might be one of my favorite guys in minor league baseball right now wow. because it was sink or swim at the alt site for him. I mean, he was getting outclassed for a couple of weeks. And then he decided to just turn it on. And after he turned it on, he has not looked back. I mean, this is a 20-year-old that could, he's already in AAA. This is a 20-year-old that if shit hits the fan for Baltimore and they just want to say, screw it, Gunnar Henderson could be a Baltimore Oriole at 20 years old. 
and and I think he can handle it. It's amazing. He had some inconsistencies with his lower half and and out of sync a little bit. Has cleaned that up, and he looks phenomenal. The bat speed's insane. He's going oppo for homers, pull side. He's got crazy juice. I'm really excited to see where he's going to rise. Unfortunate, though, because he turns 21 on June 29th, so in five days. So mm, that's not as impressive as 20. I think he's he's the youngest guy in AAA by a full year, um, if I'm not mistaken. How about that? insane, and, and holding his own. Very excited to tee off here. Austin Martin at 57, J.J. Bleday at 59. Austin Martin's a guy that I have just, I've never seen it, man. I really haven't seen it. And I know you love your college, like your college guys, but I, you never really pushed back on me too hard with Austin Martin. I think you, you always saw where I was coming from on this guy, but I even thought he would be better than he has been this year. It was always a question of impact. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't love him, but I'm always here for hit tool guys. If, if they fit the profile, but what is his defensive profile? Didn't really play short. Well, Bat doesn't profile at third, second base, I guess, or center field. It looks like center field is where he's playing more now. He might be okay there. Not a plus runner, more of an above average runner. And again, we're, we're just not seeing much impact at all. And now he's really struggling with secondary stuff. I've never totally seen it with Austin Martin. To me, it was just an advanced college hitter that was feasting on inexperienced guys. And I just don't really see him getting that much better. I don't think you can have a guy as high as this when his slugging percentage is 316. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was that way last year too though, wasn't it? Like what what was his slugging percentage last year? Last year across both levels he slugged 382. I mean, dude. I th- this is somebody that to me is just it's it's pretty limited ceiling wise. So you're talking utility guy. What is what is Austin Martin capable of, or what is Austin Martin better at than Matt McClain? Speed. Uh, it's close. He's 22 for 25 in stolen bases. It's better base stealer. Okay. That's it. That's it. So I, that's what really blows my mind. So. But that's another guy, high-end draft pick, a lot of pedigree there in terms of just like hyped up for a while. He's going to stick on MLB Pipeline's top 100 until he literally is the worst hitter in the minor leagues. I think he's going to have to be so bad for so long or turn 26 to be off of this top 100. What do you think? He's going to have to turn 26. Um, I like that. I I don't know what he's going to have to do because you're right. They have that infatuation with the high draft pick. And Austin Martin was like rumored to be the one, one guy. And and he did fall to fifth that year. Um, I think he's got to turn 26. I I really do think so. I think the only way that he drops out of the top 100 is if he's 27 years old and still in double. Yippee. Uh, So until that, and obviously I'm rooting for Austin Martin, but that's one that I just, I just never really got. Uh, JJ Boudet, we we teased him earlier, won't spend too much time. 24 years old, AAA. We know the pedigree. Uh, He's made some adjustments to tap into more power and he's doing it. 15 home runs in AAA this year. He walks a ton. He doesn't swing that much because he swings and misses a lot. His zone miss is pretty bad. So what he's doing is he's kind of taking that Joey Gallo approach, which is I'm going to hope for a mistake. And if I don't get the mistake, I might just K looking like that's what he's doing at this point. And he's walking 18% of the time. He's striking out 27% of the time. He's hitting 209, but he's getting on base at a 362 clip and he's got 15 homers. It's good for a 121 WRC plus. This is a guy that is a prospect of value still, right? He's not the 16th or 15th ranked prospect in the Marlins system. I think that is 
way too harsh from what we saw from fan graphs. Yes. But my goodness, dude, this guy's not a top 60 prospect in baseball. No, he's not a top 60 prospect. He has had an excellent June. And this came out before his excellent June started, which is very interesting. If this came out after his excellent June, then I would say, okay, yeah, you're buying the stock here. JJ Blade in 20 games in June so far is hitting 225, but with a 375 OBP because he's walking all the time, like you mentioned. He's slugging 577. So is J.J. Bode a three true outcomes guy? I think he's becoming that. Who would have thought? But I, I, I but didn't. Honestly, he props was... to him on, on finding a way to get to the big leagues. Yeah, he was the best pro prospect on the Cape my year in 2018, and he did not strike me as a three true outcome guy whatsoever when he was out on the Cape. Dude, he had like, what, two or four home runs? It was one multiple of two. I don't remember what it was. His, his sophomore year before going out to the Cape, but hit over 300 at Mandy. And so – you know, you were looking at a bat to ball guy who saw the power uptick and that's what the Marlins fell in love with. They're like, we can't screw this guy up. He's got the hit tool and then developed into power. But for whatever reason, there's a lot of movement to his swing. He's a little hitchy, but I just find it shocking that this guy has turned into a three true outcome guy. Cause like you said, in the Cape or on the Cape, he was not that guy. Um, no, he, but- he hit three eleven on the Cape. And he hit for average his entire collegiate career and then developed into more power. So I think that ship sailed to a degree. Again, props to him for finding the power, but that's not a top 100 prospect. No, I don't think so. We'll keep flying through this here. Taj Bradley, we saw, you think that's a top top 70 guy? They got him at 64. I, I like Bradley. I like him too. I think he's a lot better than Ace Lacey is. Thank you. I, I felt bad like just continuing to hammer. We have Taj Bradley at 59. We do not have Ace Lacey ranked period. Neither does Baseball America. Neither does, uh, I don't think Baseball Prospectus does either, but I might be wrong. Ace Lacey's not that good. Um, and I, that's just the reality of it. Uh, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of his. And uh, that's another, you know, what do you think? That's just another pipeline thing? I think it's another pipeline thing. Yeah, I mean, Lacey is, what, he's 23 years old. And so far this year, he has appeared in double A for two starts and he's made two starts in rookie ball. Uh, and I don't think there was an IL stent anywhere. Oh yep. Rehab assignment. Yeah. So I, I guess he was dinged up a little bit, but let's look at the overall minors career. 18 starts between last year and this year, he's got a five one Oh ERA and he's walked 51 guys in 65 and a third innings. I was provided a scouting report of a team from, from a team that was uh, facing uh, Ace LAC last year. And the scouting report was fastball 70% of the time. And it wasn't first strike. We, we know, oh, we look at the walk numbers. So that guy wasn't throwing strikes and going to the fastball 70% of the time. Uh, that's just not going to fly for me. So not a huge fan of where they have him pegged, but I love that they have Ellie Dilla Cruz at 65 because typically pipeline is a little bit slower with those pop-up prospects. Remember Ellie Dilla Cruz, we got, if we're going to bash them for something, we got to give them credit for something. Ellie Dilla Cruz was a $65,000 international free agent. And MLB pipeline was quick to put this guy on their top 100. Very happy they did that because he's a top 100 prospect. No doubt. Again, for us, top 30 guy probably in our update. If you were to look at overall ceiling, um, like if you were to rank guys by ceiling, Ellie De La Cruz is one. Yes. O'Neal Cruz is two. I would say yes, which which is insane because imagine everything O'Neal can do, but switch hitter. (laughs) The exit VLOs aren't far off from Ellie De La Cruz. And when when O'Neal Cruz was 20, he wasn't hitting 122s. He was more 113 to 115, which is what we're seeing from Ellie. Insane. 
Absolutely insane. I also love where they have Andrew Painter because they were quick to jump on the Painter bandwagon. They have Andrew Painter at 67. Jack, this guy's a freak. Uh, South Florida guy. I've heard nothing but good things about him from um, some coaches that have, you know, coached against him in the South Florida area. Have you seen this dude's stats? I have. And while you rattle those off, I'm going to go get something. You're going to get something? Okay. Well, you go get something. Andrew Painter. In 38 and two-thirds innings, this was nine starts through uh, this season before getting promoted up to high A. This was in low A. He is striking out. This is actually the craziest thing ever. He's striking out 44% of batters. 44% of batters for Andy Painter. Opponents hitting 151, a sub-one whip. Yes, the walk rate could be a little bit better. He's walking guys at about an 11% clip. But this is a six-foot-seven righty who just turned 19 years old. A lot of people were kind of surprised by the 13th overall selection. I love it. And he has just been light out. Fastball is one of the best, I think, in the minor leagues in terms of velo and vertical break. This dude is going to continue to rise. And I'm glad that Pipeline was quick to kind of put him up there. Yeah. Um, if I were to put this on eBay transition here, how much would I get for this Andrew Painter prism card in high school? He's wearing the Calvary Christian hat. That was our rival high school. They were in our district. That's so funny to see that hat on a baseball card. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Panini Prism baseball cards go for, but there's no logo, nothing, right? There's no logo they or nothing. They don't have the rights. Correct. Keep it, though. I don't know. I can't even hold. answer that. Yeah, I'll hold it. I have no idea. But, like, I don't know. If you saw this on eBay, would you stop for a second and look? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's pretty cool, actually. That might be worth something. I don't know. Andrew Painter's awesome. People hate pitchers, though, as card, for cards, as we know. Um, and we're going to talk about a couple guys that we want to invest in in the top 100 list. But 75, Joey Weimer. You saw this guy recently. He rocks. Yeah, he's a lot better than 75. I agree. Did you see what he did to Yuri Perez the other day? No. Oh, I, I sent it in our chat. Uh, you were probably calling a game while I sent it because it was visit Mississippi. Did he did he clear oh, visit Mississippi? Oh, he visited Mississippi. So the visit Mississippi sign over the over the wall uh, in left field. He turned around a 98 mile an hour Yuri Perez fastball. It got out. I'm not kidding. Like impact one Mississippi gone. I, I'm waiting for the exit below to pop up. I haven't seen it yet. My guess would be 115, maybe. Yeah, higher. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need that video. Uh, I will send it. It's on my Twitter as well for those who want to search it. I Just look up Joey Weimer uh, on Twitter and you'll probably see it. I tweeted the video out. It is the most outrageous thing I've seen in a while. Turning around a Yuri Perez fastball. Uh, Yuri settled down and had a great outing otherwise, but Weimer ambushed him. This guy is 6'5". We talked about how fast he is too. I, I love, I love everything about this guy. 81 Austin Wells. I don't know where to peg this guy, Jack. I like where Pipeline has him because he's a first round guy from the Yankees. But why have the Yankees not promoted Austin Wells? He is basically in his second year in high A. He played 38 games in high A last year and was great. He's played now 28 games in high A this year. He's hitting 323, 429, 576 for the Yankees right now. Six homers, 15, 16% walk rate, 22% K rate. When are we going to see Austin Wells in double A? And are you ranking him in the top 100 before we see him perform in double? Remember, this is a collegiate guy with some defensive questions, a catcher. Is he a top 100 dude for you? Yeah, he is. Um, it's hard to argue within a thousand OPS. I mean, 28 games, but like, it's just hard to argue within a thousand OPS. I'm sorry. Like I I'm in on a bat like that, especially with how the catching position is trending right now. 
you just want bats out, out there. Like Jonah Heim, yeah, he's great. What he provides defensively is, is great. But the way that, that we're trending right now speaks to a guy like Austin Wells being a good catcher. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and, and he just has to be passable. <laughs> he just defensively passable. just passable just passable the bat is going to play up so well in, in in new york and man that might be part of the reason why he hasn't been promoted is continue to work on the defense we don't we're not worried about the bat and we know the bat's going to play just keep working about on the defense in a more relaxed environment where you're not worrying about double a insane freak pitchers all the time i love that they have williamson at 85 because he hasn't been off to the start that i was hoping but you know that's a guy i love so yep. always going to hype them up for that Drew Romo at 87. Tell me about Drew Romo. Because we don't have Drew Romo in the top 100 because this was before the season started. And Drew Romo was a consideration. But I ultimately said, hey, let's see a little bit more. We only saw 79 games in low A last year. Romo threw high A this year. This is a catching prospect in the Rockies organization. 300, 361, 452 slash line. Baseball America had him way up there. If you listen to the episode with Jeff Ponce, he talks about him, raves about him. Only a 16% K rate, Jack, for a catcher who projects as an above average to plus defender behind the dish. All of the makeup checks that you're hoping for, like apparently the way he commands the game, pitchers love working with him, all that good stuff. He's raking and looks good defensively. What is there not to like about this guy? In our update, he's if he's not a top 100, it's malpractice for my part. I, I hope you'd call me out. The Rockies have something interesting going on. How? I don't get it. I just put out an eBay video for our TikTok talking about Adel Amador, who should be on this top 100 list too, but I'm not going to fault anyone for not having Amador. Another out of nowhere guy that's a top 100 dude from the Rockies. I'm not sure what's happening, but they've got something going on, especially with like the guy that everybody knew was going to be good and Veen being who he is right now. Uh, Romo popping up. Ezekiel Tovar is having a good year. Uh, I mean, the Rockies are developing something, and I think that's the next top 10 you're doing, yeah? Yep. And I'm excited because they are really talented. Kind of rounding out this this top 100. So they had Waldachuk at 83, Vargas at 80, and we have Miguel Vargas way higher. I I've been surprised at the industry being lower on Vargas. The Fancrafts had Vargas outside of the Dodgers top freaking 10, Jack. Which I that's really? malpractice. That's mal. I'm sorry. It I is. love Fangraphs. That's malpractice. That's what really about? weird. I don't, I don't know why, because he doesn't have like super loud tools. He's good at everything. That's the Ty France effect now. Yeah. N- now you can see like why I call it the Ty France effect. This is a dude that has hit at every level. He's 22 in triple a hitting 282, 379, 485, 16% K rate, 12% walk rate. He has hit at every single stop in his career. He's got 11 home runs and eight bags as well. Average defender at third base could play other positions if you really need him to. How is this dude 10th in the Dodger or in the Dodger system for fan graphs? I'm okay with him being at 80, and I even think that's too low. 80 on pipeline. We have him at do we know where we have him? 41. Yeah. And I I think he's I think he's 41. I stand by that one. I'm with you. I'm not arguing. I mean, like what he does consistently, what he does every single day is a top 50 prospect type workload i he is good enough to be a top 50 prospect i think i think uh 80 is incredibly low i'm with you rounding this out jackson chorio awesome i'm really starting to get excited about this guy 1.8 million dollar outfielder uh signee in 2021 uh by the milwaukee brewers another dude that's really impressive really advanced great tools love to see him in the top 100 but again he's a seven figure international free agent guy 
Gavin Williams at 96 of the Cleveland mm-hmm. Guardians. Pitching prospect's been phenomenal this year. Tovar, as you mentioned, at 95. Alex Ramirez, a guy that I'll, I'll admit, I think I was a little bit too hard on him after watching him on the backfields, uh, you know, get blown up a little bit. He has made some adjustments. He looks really good. They have him at 94, outfielder in the Mets organization. Um, that's a guy that I think I was too low on. And, and a pipeline, I think, was right to have him here in 94. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I just don't know enough about Alex Ramirez. Um, I remember you were like, there, there are flashes for sure. Um, they pretty much have Alex Ramirez at 55 across the board. Yeah. The only thing that isn't 55 is hit, and that's 45. For and we just got to see. And, and, yeah. and like that could be there. Um, at the back end, Vinny Pascantino. And yeah, Vinny. That's the I one guy I wanted to talk to. I love you, Pipeline, for that. I'll give you the four on Pascantino. Yeah, I mean, Vinny is, uh, he should be up. He should be up way before Prado. Um, Prado is struggling. Prado has some stuff he's got to work out in Omaha. Vinny's got nothing he has to work out in Omaha. Vinny, um, Alec Burleson, who's going to be the guest next week on the call-up, yes. is the current hitting leader in the International League. He's hitting 325. Um, Burleson is second in slugging in OPS only to Vinny Pasquantino. Vinny P is the International League MVP as it stands right now. And he had an OPS over 1,000 until a couple of weeks ago. He got a little bit cold, but uh, his uh, his OPS is still as it. It's at a somewhat respectable 950. Um, so I I think this guy is, uh, I, I think he should be the first baseman for the Kansas City Royals yesterday. I agree. And Ty France effect. Vinny Pascantino is the guy who made me come up with the Ty France effect yeah. because I just could not understand why nobody was, he wasn't even getting mentioned in the Royal system rankings. Now we're seeing pipeline, put him on the top 100. I love that. Um, that was a great spot for him there. I think it's, we don't have him that, that high. We love the bat, but at the end of the day, you got to acknowledge that he's a first baseman. That's, that's clunky and he's going to have to really hit. And that's always going to keep him towards the back end. The opposite of that is Mason Wynn at the 100 mark. And <laughs> I'm, I think he's way better than that, but yeah. I'm just happy that they have him in the top 100 because he's not on that. Not every, he's not on every top 100 list. And Mason Wynn is almost you know similar to Jordan Walker in the respect that he keeps out kicking his coverage in terms of what you would expect from him. Uh, I don't think has quite the impact, of course, but he's a shortstop who just turned 20, who was drafted in 2020, same draft class as Jordan Walker. And this could go down as one of the most impressive draft classes in a while. Made some adjustments. I saw him on the backfield because South Florida, he he was playing in South Florida because the Cardinals share, you know, a a location basically with the Marlins in in Palm Beach, Jupiter area. I mean, he looked a lot better when I was watching him on the backfields with his swing. And I mean, he's been incredible. He threw 33 games in high A, hit 349, 404, 566, stole 15 bags, gets bumped up to double and has continued to hit. He's at 263, 42, 462 as a speedy shortstop, already 19 bags, five homers. He was a two-way player, plus arm at short, I think could be a really exciting defender there. This guy's exciting, man, and I'm glad to see Pipeline quick to put him in there because Fangraphs didn't have him in the top 100, and I'm not sure about some of the others. If he's not a two-way player, he's got the strongest arm in baseball. That's up there. 100 on the mound, right? 100 on the mound. Yeah, he could be right it's, up there. He's got an 80-grade arm. That's insane. So that's actually who I want to talk about uh, cards wise as, as we, you know, do the final segment here, Mason Wynn, can you believe, I don't know. I don't know if it was an agent thing or what the deal was. He doesn't have an autograph in the 2020 draft uh, box. So to get Mason Wynn's first card, all you can get is a Bowman Chrome on eBay. 
but I still think it's a great purchase. You get his Bowman Chrome base card for about 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Wander Franco's non-autographs. I'm not saying he's going to be Wander, but those go for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. If you stockpile his regular base cards, it's still a great investment. I know we all want the autos, but I've been buying up in droves Mason Wynn cards on eBay for 15, 20 bucks is base chromes and just stockpiling those because they're going to go up in value. I know he doesn't have the auto and he might have his auto in another set. I'm sure he will with the way he's playing, but give me all of these chromes with this guy's upside. You talk about the arm. He can be that electrifying athlete that I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards. This is his best rookie card. You can get it for like five bucks. One just sold for five bucks. I see you can grab a, uh, yeah, you can grab a graded one. Graded 10 gem mint eight for 25 bucks. Like, dude, do it. This guy could be a star. And for that cheap, I know it's not an auto. I'm all the way in on that. Gunnar Henderson's a lot more expensive for his auto, but I still think it's cheap. And our friend Colby Olson, he got his paycheck today. Um, (laughs) He's been killing it on the sales side. Commission checks have looked good. He got his paycheck from, uh, from work as well. And he splurged on a Gunnar Henderson out of 99 on eBay. And it was a great purchase. I told him to do it. But you can buy Gunnar Henderson's Bowman Chrome Auto for around $100 ungraded. Uh, his first, that is. It's going up by day, like legitimately going up by day. And I think, you know, it's probably closer to the 130, 140 range. I'm seeing some even at 150. I think this is a good buy, a good purchase up towards like $200. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what do you think is, is, is a good fair price? If, if we're saying Riley Green's at like 250 for a Bowman Chrome Auto, would you- If Riley that? Green's at 250, I think Gunner should be at 150. And, I th- I, and you can get them for less than that. Yeah. So you think that's a good buy? I think that's a good buy. Um, can I key in on something place. real quick? Yeah. Drew Romo, look up Drew Romo Autos. So people are scared of catchers, and understandably so. But wouldn't you be interested in the catcher that's going to be look playing at the price. in Colorado? Yeah, look at the prices on Drew Romo Autos and tell me that you're too scared of a catcher playing at Coors Field. Oh, my gosh. His Bowman Chrome Auto out of 99, refractor out of 99, $61 just sold for. Are you serious? You might have just found a, a glitch in the system. I know people don't like catchers, but give me the, the bat to ball, raw power still plus, Drew Romo, in cores with all of the intangibles that you want. I think I'm knowing what – I think I know what you're doing as soon as you post this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think I know what I'm doing too. Wow. I want to see a little bit more raw power, I'll be honest. I'm looking at the top end exit views right now. But elite contact for a catcher and still tapping into more power and the ball is going to fly in course. I'm going to buy some. I, that's a great find. I mean, $60 for his out of 99. Are you kidding me? I'm looking at Harry Ford for comparison. Oh, his are way up there. Yeah. His are way up. Cause he's a freak tool guy that could end up in center, but yeah. I, so I'm, I'm buying Romo for a 10th of the price. 
And then I want to shout out one more guy who will be on our top 100 prospects list, but won't be on, on, uh, or isn't on MLB pipelines. I just gave him out on eBay too, as a guy I really like, and I'm not trying to pump the prices up because I haven't really bought them yet. I'm, I'm literally buying them now, as I'm telling you guys to buy them because I'm scared that some people might snatch them up. Adele Amador of the Rockies. And you talk about how the Rockies are building something special. We're going to do an episode on them next week, obviously, when we put out the top, top 10 prospects for their, for their system, $40 for Adele Amador. This guy is a, plus running switch hitting shortstop who is hitting three over 300 with over a 400 on base and a high 400 slugging eight homers, 10 stolen bases, switch hitter Jack with plus defensive potential $40 for his Bowman Chrome auto 88% zone contact. Yeah, I'm in. You're in, right? I'm I'm in that one too. So those are some of our eBay purchases right now or, or cards that we're looking at that we like any final thoughts on, MLB Pipeline's top 100. One other guy that probably tee up on is Pete Crow Armstrong in 89. A month ago, though, a month ago, I think that's probably the perfect spot for him. Yeah, I think so. He's going to be higher next time they update, for sure. Um, We'll see what happens. PCA had a great, great month. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Pete Crow Armstrong. But like we've talked about with the Cubs' top 10 prospects, like PCA is a guy that um, – can immediately become a gold glove caliber center fielder and hit for some average and, yeah. and a sneaky bit of pop. Yep. And, and like more than sneaky, I think now, I, I think it's almost like, just like, would you say 50? Is there 50 potential in there? Ooh, 45, 50. That's great. With what yeah, he brings to the great. table. That's great. Yeah. So defensively what he does, he's oh. just a better Trent Grisham. Yes, I agree. hundred percent. Any final thoughts on MLB Pipeline's top 100, which by the way, go check it out and and go read all their write-ups. It it is the most interactive and best uh, experience that you're going to have on a top prospect list. You get the signing bonuses, you get it. It is, I mean, it's MLB. They've put way more money into it and it's awesome. Any final thoughts? No, ours is better. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I I think Pipeline does a good job and and you're right. I mean, ease of use on that top prospect is, is very good. And uh, we are striving to match that. And hopefully, you know, we are a competitor with Pipeline because we look up to Pipeline. We think the Pipeline does a really, really good job. Um, And all that we want to do is provide just another perspective to help complement Pipeline. A hundred percent. And that's what makes the industry and makes this whole thing so fun. And I'm, we're trying to get Jim Callis to come on and pick apart our top 100. I would love it. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. So we're, we're hoping that Callis will get back to us. But that'll do it for this episode. Long one, but a fun one. Uh, of course, check out eBay for any of those cards. Let us know if you make any purchases. If you pull the trigger, you might be bidding against me. So sorry about that in advance. Uh, have a great weekend. Burleson is on the schedule. Alec Burleson for next week. Also, Rocky's top 10 prospect list for next week as well. Some other good interviews on the horizon. Jack, anything from you? I don't think so. Um, you're gonna oh, you're gonna have a report for us on Matthew Libertor. Very on soon. Libby. Yep, yeah. I'm gonna have a report for you on Libby, and then I see uh, AAA Nashville next week. Uh, that's the Brewers AAA. So Ooh, that we'll should be fun. Joey we'll Weimer should be there soon enough. Um, Ooh, maybe next week. Let's hope, hope. for next week. Um, maybe turning around 96 to 98 from Yuri Perez uh, was enough to get him up there. Hopefully. They'll bring him up soon. 
Hopefully we'll see, but uh, I will get John Singleton, the guy who was extended before his yes. major debut and that blew up in everybody's face, but he is leading the international league in walks right now. I John, love Singleton. John Singleton. I'm in on it. A great bounce back story for him, uh, but looking forward to your report there. We'll talk about it next week. As always, thank you all for listening. We'll talk prospects with you on Monday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.